Chapter 32 Gone Nix launched herself out the back door. I told you to put them on the porch! She fell to her knees and tore at the tiny mound of dirt. She half expected to find a stiff corpse. The smooth shoebox surprised her. Oh, please, please, please! She wrenched the lid off to find the still form of Toadstool, curled in the corner. The kitten's eyes opened. His little chest moved. He was alive! She reached in to pull him to safety, but Toad sank his teeth into her outstretched hand. Nix cried out. The kitten released his bite, only to claw his way up her arm and disappear into the weeds. Nix waited for him to come back. She sat there for nearly an hour, holding her bleeding hand and softly calling his name. He didn't return. Nix didn't bother to hide her red eyes when she stumbled back into the trailer. Where in hell's library have you been? Mrs. Wack said, the fury evident in her voice. I just got off the phone with the police. What happened to your hand? Nix felt hollow. She'd been disowned by the only member of her family that ever listened to her. If Toad was smart, he'd never come back to this prison. Phoenix, you answer me, you little monster, her mother continued. I thought I told you I didn't want you disappearing. I was in the backyard, Nix whispered. She walked toward her room, but her mother grabbed her arm. Don't you lie to me, you were supposed to be in here painting. The empty place inside Nix filled with rage. She yanked her arm out of her mother's grip. She wanted to scream a thousand different things, shock her mother so badly she would never lecture her again. So badly the woman would never talk to her again. Nix wanted to tell her mother that everything was her fault. The fat jeans, the food stamps, the filthy trailer, the non-existent father, and most of all, the stupid, stupid cats. Nix was so unhinged at the moment she may have told her mother just that and probably a great many other things she would have regretted. But before she could open her mouth, a police cruiser appeared between the blinds, crunching weed stubble beneath it. Mrs. Wack grunted and stormed out the front door. Nix's small wound throbbed. She held pressure on the torn skin, but the blood seeped between her fingers. It needed to be cleaned. The cat sitting in the bathroom sink must have seen the manic look in her eye because he hastily found a safer perch on the toilet tank. Nix washed the injured hand and rummaged in the cupboard looking for the antiseptic. Cotton balls, toilet cleaner, dead cockroaches, no peroxide. The only other thing under the sink was the apple-scented hair remover. Fat lot of good that had been. Every single cat looked ready to fall over dead, and yet Mrs. Wack apparently didn't care. Nix threw the bottle in the garbage. A drop of blood fell onto the discolored linoleum. She grabbed a cotton ball and held it to her finger. The cat jumped down from the toilet and sniffed the discarded bottle. That was supposed to be your ticket out of here but since Mom doesn't seem to be worried about catching the disease, it looks like you're all stuck here. Nix dropped the cotton ball. Her mother hadn't caught the disease. Nix stepped on the toilet and peeked out the high bathroom window. Her mother waved her arms and banged on the hood of the police cruiser, probably going off on how there weren't enough officers patrolling the trailer park. Nix retrieved the bottle of hair remover and jogged into her mother's room. Mrs. Wack's bedroom was a private place Nix rarely entered, usually only to clean up cat messes or find the cough syrup. Her mother's tiny bathroom felt even more off-limits. Nix only hesitated for a moment before she pushed open the door. It reeked of nail polish remover and old plumbing. In a plastic rack hanging from the shower head, Nix found what she was looking for. While she listened for sounds of her mother's return, Nix unscrewed the top of the shampoo and dumped a good portion down the sink. Then she poured the rest of the hair remover into the shampoo bottle, replaced the cap, 
and shook it. Euphoric terror pulsed through Nyx. Two weeks ago, she would never have dreamed of doing something like this. Even now, a part of her hated attacking her mother. But what other choice did she have? The only way to free the cats was to turn Mrs. Wack against them. On the way out, Nick spotted Sarah's hairbrush and slid it down the front of her shirt. One nice thing about being fat, the little nooks and crannies occasionally came in handy. Nick stepped into the hall and heard the front door open. Phoenix! Her mother called. What have you done this time? Nick stashed the empty container behind some towels in the hall closet and spun around so it looked as if she had come from her own room. What are you talking about, Mom? Mrs. Wack appeared, breathing like she'd just climbed down from the roof. The policeman outside wants to talk to you. It was a sad measure of how her month had gone that Nix had no idea which of her crimes would be addressed. There was the house fire she was suspected of starting, the money she had supposedly stolen from the register, ditching class, and perhaps by now they'd even discovered that she was one of those that had broken into the Abendroth mansion. By the time she reached the car, Nix had accepted that she was a hardened criminal. She was ready to put her wrists out to be cuffed when she saw Sergeant Frost in a t-shirt. You all right, Nix? Nix nodded. No uniform today? We were on our way to the movies when I got your mom's call. Thought I'd stop by. Nix peeked in and waved at Amy. I'm so sorry, Sergeant Frost. You know you should ignore her calls. It's okay. Keeps from tying up the dispatcher lines. Besides, I wanted to make sure everything was good here. Fabulous. Daddy, we're going to be late for Ella. Okay, mon ami, let's go. Actually, Nix reached into her shirt and pulled out the brush, making sure it was between Amy and the window. I've got a present for you since I missed your birthday over the summer. It was hard to see the brush go, but if it stayed in the trailer, it would only be defiled again. Amy looked at the brush as if she'd never seen one before. Um, thanks. She threw it in the back seat. She loves it, Sergeant Frost said. Maybe you could come over sometime and do her hair. Amy's expression made it very clear what she thought of that idea. As soon as Nick stepped back inside, her mother put her hands on her hips. Well, he wanted to see if I was okay. Mrs. Wack harumphed. Well, you better hustle those king-sized buns or you'll be late for work. Don't forget the medicine, litter, and cat food. And I don't want to hear anything about not having enough money. The cats are your responsibility. You get the money. It's time you stopped. Nick stepped back outside and closed the door behind her. She had hoped to feel relieved after getting away with her shampoo switch, but all she felt was scared. Scared it wouldn't work. Even more scared that it would. What if something went wrong? What if the chemicals got into her mom's eyes and she went blind? Halfway to Jordan's, Nix finally admitted to herself that what she had done was selfish and stupid. As soon as she got back from work, she would somehow sneak back into the bathroom and dump all the tainted shampoo down the sink. Her mother had already showered twice today, so there was no danger of her using it before morning. By the time she reached Jordan's front yard, she'd made her next plan for getting rid of the cats. She would borrow some money from Jordan, buy another box of sleeping pills, and free the cats one by one. It would be time-consuming, but at least there wouldn't be a human victim. The boys seemed happy enough to see her, but Nick soon realized that trying to study with Tiago in the room was a completely useless endeavor. She attempted several times to look up Chad in a search engine, but Tiago always ended up brushing her arm or asking a question, and suddenly Nix found it hard to breathe, let alone type. Why was she still such a mess around him? He belonged to Sarah, or at least he would, as soon as Fawn extracted her claws from him. Getting all moony over him was only making Nix miserable. Even the hope that her heart-stopping talent would win his affections seemed laughable now. Sure, he'd probably think it was cool and want to be her friend, 
but that didn't mean he'd suddenly fall in love with her. Special ability or no, Nix would never be good enough for Tiago Padilla. How many times did she have to remind herself of that? Uh, Nix? Jordan said. You're bleeding on the keyboard? Oh, sorry. Jordan handed her the paper towel he'd been using to grip his corn dog. What happened? Catbite, she said, her eyes suddenly burning. She'd almost managed to forget that Toad was gone. She kept her eyes on the monitor, trying to blink away the moisture. Are you almost finished? Jordan asked. I've still got to look at Morocco for Canary Boy's outline. Nix was nowhere near finished. So far in her notes, she'd stated it was a country of political violence and frequent government overthrows, and that it was sometimes called the dead heart of Africa. But there was no point in trying to concentrate now. Might as well let Jordan have the computer. Nix stood. I've got to use the bathroom anyway. Instead of the bathroom, however, she went out back and lay down in the hammock. The air was a little chilly, but the bright stars seemed comforting somehow, as if she were being watched over. She felt a compelling urge to be closer to them. She was almost tempted to leave this entire world behind and see what was up there. The idea was frightening and exciting at the same time, but escaping wasn't an option. So she lay watching the sky, trying to think of nothing at all. Before long, the mosquitoes drove her back into the house. She found the boys at the kitchen table. Jordan flipped lazily through his notebook. He's got plans all week with Amy. I guess it's supposed to make me upset about being grounded, but I'm just glad to have her out of the house. Besides, who wants to watch Ella Enchantress or whatever? Jordan messed the name up on purpose. He probably had the cast memorized from the TV trailers. Welcome back, Tiago said to Nix. We were about to come in and check on you. Jordan chuckled. Nix felt her forehead splotch. I, uh, wasn't actually in the bathroom. I needed some air. Tiago stood and stretched his arms. I'm ready for a break, too. Anything to do around here? Jordan spun in the swivel chair. Monopoly, PlayStation, arts and crafts, solitaire, strawberry shortcake shoots and ladders? Tiago smirked. Maybe we should have studied at Nix's house. We discourage visitors, Nix said. The cats tend to attack anyone they don't recognize. I can handle a couple of cats, Tiago said. I've got three myself. One is completely blind and the other two are missing limbs. Well, technically Mopsy is paralyzed. Nick smiled thinly. Trust me, you don't want to take on two dozen cats. Two dozen? Instead of looking shocked or horrified, Tiago's eyes did the cartoon sparkle. I had no idea you got on with animals like I did. Jordan gave a laugh that quickly turned into a convincing cough. Um, yeah, actually, it's more like 17 now. Nick said, still amazed Tiago didn't think her family was completely nuts. I'll have to come over sometime, Tiago said. I can stay by the door in case they get aggressive, but I'm fairly good with animals. His words seemed to echo in Nix's ears. Tiago wanted to visit her? Suddenly getting rid of the cats didn't seem so pressing. Maybe she could even learn to live with them. He'd probably be happy to donate some food to the starving kitty fund. She'd have to wait to invite Tiago over, at least until the cats grew their fur back. The thought of the time bomb sitting in her mother's bathroom scared her even more now. If her mom hadn't already showered twice that day, Nix would have run home right then and removed the tainted shampoo. Speaking of which, Tiago said, where's my bat? Jordan cast a quick glance in Nix's direction. Your bat? Bruce, Tiago said. With the hot wing, he eating okay? I found out how to tell it's gender. Nix shot Jordan a desperate look. Tiago would never forgive her if he found out she'd been responsible for the bat's untimely death. My dad told me I had to let it go, Jordan said casually. Nix gave him a thank you smile. 
Leave it to Jordan to lie without actually lying. Seriously? Tiago said. Was it back to full health? Are you sure it could hunt? Tiago's phone rang and Jordan was spared having to answer. Tiago looked to the display. It's Sarah. Hey, babe. Nick sat and rested her head on her arms. Figures. Sarah was probably calling to see if he could come up and make out with her. Why had Nick's even come to this study session? She would have gotten more done at home with her mother's dusty set of encyclopedias. Surely Chad had existed in the 70s. Tiago abruptly sat up in his chair. Oh, excuse me, sir. I didn't mean anything by... No, I haven't. Of course. I'll ask around. He hung up and turned to Jordan. Even with his perpetual tan, he seemed a little pale. That was Mr. Hainsworth. Sarah is missing. 